This week on Inside Motorsport, Michael Ellis from the Hobart Sporting Car Club continues his discussion as we look at entry points to participation and the events that the club has been promoting over the past years at Basketball and also Simmons Plains Raceways. I hope you'll stay with us. Now the categories that you are catering for allow an entry point at just about any budget level I imagine talking about motor racing is always talking about money but the Hyundai XLs have become a very popular entry point now for many competitors the HQ Holdens have also uh, seen a lot of people start their racing and Formula V's an open wheel category that is considered to be a development area is that still the strongest area to get involved and in interested in circuit racing and particularly racing at basketball um yes those those particular uh, are entry points into do straight out circuit racing but um there's a couple of things that we've done to to bring both juniors in as well as um families into the motorsports and so we've got a category called the Baskerville 1000 that sort of the logo and themed is on the um, the Bathurst 1000 logo if you remember those old stickers and so it's called the Baskerville 1000 and the whole premise is, is that you buy a car um, that uh, for a thousand dollars and you can spend money on it um, for, for brakes etc and make it safe for etc but predominantly it's about cheap motorsport and then we run a six-hour event where you have three to four people in a team. They drive half hour each, and they do rotations through and fuel stops, etc. And that has actually brought a lot of families into motorsport. And um, obviously, uh, Gumtree and places like that have uh, had a flogging of all those cars that were a thousand dollars. So um, there's lots of cars that have been built up and run. So that's one avenue that we've actually created over the last couple of years to bring people into motorsport. And there's a lot of those then have gone on to running sort of modern regularity events and club day events with those cars and some have actually gone on to do full circuit racing. The other thing we've done is um, one of the other long-term clubs in Tasmania called the 500 Car Club and they run a junior learn-to-drive program on the grass section on the back, off the back straight at Baskerville and um, I'm involved in that uh, in conjunction with the 500 Car Club and that is about 12-year-olds plus um, learning to drive through the witch's hats, anything from just taking off the first time, learning to change gears, etc. Then they go on to do the little sort of motorcana type scenario with the 500 car club, and we're finding that about 5% of those individuals are now moving into circuit racing. So with the Basketville 1000, that started as a November event, but because of COVID, what, last year it ran in July? Is it moving yeah, back yeah, to exactly. November? Yeah, so we're, we're moving those events um, uh, because of constraints on um, the tracks, 
which is a good thing. So um, we're finding it hard to get calendar space at the moment. Um, but uh, that that look, oh, I can't think of them from memory, but I think it is in again um, back to November. We're running a couple of events, and for the first time this year, actually running one of the basketball thousand events at Simmons Plains Raceway. For the Hobart Sporting Car Club, we've talked a lot about events, but do you have a lot of non-racing activities that people can participate with as well? Um, Other than the club days that we have at the circuit, and so that's where people can do super sprints and regularity-type events and and practice days, etc., we're very much focused around the actual motorsport um, part of that. We do have um, a couple of times a year at the club rooms at uh, Basketball Raceway, um, some individual events um, for a social scene. But in general speaking, it's about circuit racing and about um, club days and getting people um, into motorsport and growing motorsport in the state. One area that's exploded across the last 10 years is historic cars. What has been like down there in Tassie for people restoring and then bringing in some fairly exotic race cars that hadn't been in uh, full racing mode for some time? Oh, look, um, one one car that of note, which which ties into the history of the Hobart Sporting Car Club and basketball, um, is the Gown Celica, the sports sedan. So um, something like that... Um, Tasmania had a huge history in um, those early sports sedan um, racing, so a lot of the LJ Taranas, XU1s, etc., were then converted from ordinary um, race mode um, into more a sports sedan scenario, and then as the faster sports sedan um, come on to fruition, the more modern cars, then they dropped off and people just put them in the sheds. And so we're finding now that the cars like the Gowns car um, is, is being done. Um, the other car um, that uh, wasn't restored in Tasmania but um, was the McCormick Charger. Um, so again, another Tasmanian car that was um, um, very well uh, around Australia but, but predominantly from that era in, in uh, motorsports. Um, then you've got uh, the other one was the um, the, uh, the Alfetta, um, and that was uh, driven by the likes of Tony Edmondson, etc. In the sports sedans um, championships around Australia, and uh, that's obviously restored on the mainland. But these cars have a very strong link. Um, with with those, the history in Tasmania, and then a lot of people are actually buying cars because of the, the Basketball Historic Race Meeting and building cars to actually just race at that race meeting. And that's an event you hold in the springtime in September every year. Yeah, look, it, and it just goes from strength to strength, sort of um, because of that little bit of a water between um, Tasmania and the, the rest of the mainland became difficult in those early years to almost beg people to come over um, but certainly now it's grabbed that much momentum that people are contacting us at the beginning of each year and saying when are the entries going to be out so we can actually enter um, the focus this year is on the anniversary of the LJ Tirana and so we're hoping to have probably 36 um, LJ um, Tirana type cars um, racing uh, as a category at the Basketball Historics as a focus. We have done previous uh, focuses on um, the Humpy Holdens, the FJs and FXs, etc., um, with great success. So um, it's the um, Tirana's turn this year.
Now, I know you have a patron of the club, Mrs. Ivy McDonald. Can you tell us yep. about her and I take it was is Ron's widow? Yeah, so Ron and Ivy were, were stalwarts of the Hobart Sporting Car Club um, back in those, those 50s and 60s um, and into the 70s. Um, and uh, Ron used to actually um, supply the audio through um, for the sound system through the circuit as well through his business. And so Ivy was um, involved from her side of things um, in the administration side and then Ron became an administrator as well. And uh, they certainly, through those lean years in the late 70s and early 80s, were, were very strong supporters of motorsport in Tasmania. Um, Ivy, to this day, comes out occasionally and, and, and up until uh, probably a year or so ago was, was actually doing all the office work and paperwork um, with the scrutineers. Um, so that, you know, and she, she's certainly held in higher regard. She also is the patron and uh, the head of uh, the Women for Wheels here in the state, and she was a, a very strong um, supporter of that uh, group, which um, predominantly raised money for motorsport safety. We conclude our chat with Michael Ellis about the Hobart Sporting Car Club next week on the show when we look at that amazing north-south divide in Tasmania and how the club is negotiating it don't forget you can re-listen to this show and all the other shows from the last at least 24 years of inside motorsport at sportradio.com.au i hope you'll uh, look us up there until next time round keep smiling and bye for now inside motorsport is produced by thunder media for the community radio network